RadioInfluence.com. This is uh, different, uh, actually. I'm so used to starting the, the DJ Can Podcast with Brittany here and there's a little bit of chaos and that sort of thing. Or well, there's always somebody here. Um, I don't think since I've been doing this show, I've, I've ever started it with just me and you, um, a.k.a. Team Eakin, a.k.a. the people that have supported me. I don't think I've ever just started this this podcast, just me and you. And um, Brittany actually has chimed in and said she's running a little bit behind. So I kind of wanted to to jump in here a little bit because today's conversation is going to be, and, and, and before I even say this part, I don't think the other conversations we had or we've had here haven't been as important. I don't even think that Brittany and I totally, and this is just being transparent, understand what the end goal is here. I just do know that what I say here on, on the DJ can podcasts it really matters to me. It matters to me what you think about it. It matters to me that it is my truth. It matters to me that it is transparent. And, you know, since I got into this media thing, I, I always hear, I've heard the word transparency a lot, especially when we became like this digital society. And, you know, we talk about what we do on social media. People really want to know that you're transparent. And if you know me, which some of you really know me, I'm pretty much a private guy. Like, like, and by that, I don't mean hide things. I mean, like, when I say privacy, I mean like my personal life to me has always, and I would like for it to be an escape, you know, which means the time I spend with my son, which means the time I spend with my significant other, not that I would ever hide them. I don't feel like I have to post everything that we do. I feel like that is my escape from this thing that we do here, this media thing, this being in front of the camera, this wanting to be, this wanting to be liked, this wanting to be supported. I just feel like that is a different space. And I will continue to feel that way. But 2020, I have to say, has really hit different. You know, like global pandemic. I never saw myself being in a global pandemic. Um, the, the divisiveness that I think I've seen in 2020 has really hit different. You know, and, and again, I hate to say this because I hate when people say it to me. Like I have plenty of friends that are not my nationality. I have plenty of people that I associate and do business with that don't look like me, don't come from my background or anything like that. And this year may be the first year of my life that I've ever really looked deeper into some of those relationships and even the relationships with people that look like me. The one thing that I've strived to do is, especially being a person that considers myself a professional in this media thing, ever since I've wanted to interview anyone, ever since I've wanted to sit down in front of this microphone and have conversations, I've wanted to learn something with every conversation. This year I found myself learning things I really didn't want to know. Like, about some people, things that I really didn't want to know. Um, I don't know which other way to put it. I just do know that this has been a year to step back and really like look in the mirror at yourself. And, and again, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about what I've had to do. Look at myself, look at my relationships, look at 
what I want to actually be, realize how I'm actually feeling, and deal with those things head on. And so now we're at the election. And you know here on the DJ Aiken podcast, Brittany and I have not shied away from any of that. Even though we start out being hip-hop, which I am super-duper proud that I am first a hip-hop kid, I've always felt in my upbringing in hip-hop, there's nothing that that's safe from us. We've been involved in it all, from politics to sports to just lifestyle, period. Hip-hop has been a movement, which means we've been caught in the election. We've been caught in these last four years of Donald Trump. And no matter what you or I think of it, I have honestly taken the Dave Chappelle approach. approach. And when I say that, I mean, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump personally. I'm not. I'm the first to say that. But to root for him to fail was like getting on a school bus and hoping that the driver crashes. I never was going to do that. But there was a lot. There was a lot. There was a lot that has happened since that dude has been president. And the funny thing about, let's talk about the racial part of it, the racism part of it, is I don't think that there's any more races now than there were before he became president. But what I do believe is that he put the jumper cables in a lot of people's backs that would have never spoken up or would have never jumped out the way that they did in 2020. And here we are. We got to the election. We had the election. This show, when I say it's super important to me, it's because the people that I'm going to talk to today are super important to me. Brittany, of course, you all know how important she is to me. Tony, who's been friend, more than friend, family to the show, you know how important to me she is. And today, you'll meet Crystal, Crystal Cooper, who is also super important to me. And I'll get more into their history and our relationships with them all once I bring them on. But I would like to start the show with something that I've kind of been tugging with since the election came and went. And I, I, I was trying to think of the right words that I would want to put it in, but I think that Crystal kind of summed it up best as to what a lot of black women are feeling today. And black people as a whole, but I especially want to make sure that today my platform I give to black and brown women. So, here are Crystal's thoughts, and then we'll get deeper into this conversation. I usually write what I'm feeling. Um, it's cathartic for me, and I truly believe that content has the power to incite change. And so that's why I write. But I felt compelled to do this video. Um, so here are my thoughts, if you care to listen to them. In 2016, when Trump was voted in, if I found out somebody had voted for him, I didn't immediately write them off. And maybe that's a little bit controversial. But I believe as a marketer, I'm a marketer, that 
he did a really great job of making some significant promises to people who needed to hear those promises. And so as much as we want to assume that a person who voted for him was racist, I didn't immediately go there. I thought, you know, sometimes it truly wasn't a, a fact of, well, he's going to help the working class and he's going to help small business owners. And, and that was a belief that they had. In 2020, I found it harder to um, believe that the ideas are not based in racism because during his entire term, he not only didn't keep those promises, he actively went against them. And I'm speaking as somebody who is luckily worked hard enough to be in the tax brackets that were benefiting from some of the things that Trump did. And some of the questions that I've seen uh, posed online or um, in forums and things like that is, you know, what is Biden going to do that Trump didn't do? Like his policies aren't that amazing. So here's the thing. I wish, wish that all I could care about is policy. I wish that all I could care about in voting is tax breaks. But as a black woman married to a black man who will someday raise black children in this country, I just don't have that luxury. I don't have the luxury of caring only about the policies that someone puts forth. I don't have the luxury of caring only about the tax breaks that I got to benefit from in these last four years. I can't because it's hard to only look at policy when you're worried about whether your loved one is going to come home or that if they do come home or if they don't come home, that the person who murdered them will be brought to justice. It's very difficult to only care about policies and tax breaks when you're just simply fighting for basic rights. And it's not that Biden is gonna come in and be the black savior. I don't think anyone really believes that. He himself has had some pretty racist policies, but at the very least, he is now trying to appear to be anti-racist. And it is true that for the most part, people who voted him in, black people who voted him in, were simply trying to vote Trump out. So yeah, maybe he's not gonna come in and make sweeping changes that are suddenly gonna liberate us, but at the very least, he will put on appearances and we need that more than ever now. So there you have it. Um, and and I wanted to lead the episode with Crystal's thoughts because, I, again, like I said, they pretty much summed a lot of the feelings that I kind of been dealing with unexpectedly since the uh, the election happened. Right. So I want to, without further ado, welcome everybody that I told you would be here. Of course, Miss Brittany Gonzalez is here, who I don't do the DJ Eakin podcast without. 
Um, hey! Oh, there you go. That, now they know you're here. Uh, Tony is here again, of course. Um, friend, family, confidant of the show. And and before I go any further, Tony, what I'd like to do, because I think we have you here a lot of times and we don't mention what you actually do, because I think that's important to where I'm going to go with the show. So I'd like to give, a, you know, just a little bit, you know, your background, what you do, your profession, that, that. Yeah, look at you put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so as I as I've shared many times on the show, um, you know, while I am an advocate for being um, informed as a voter, I am not an activist. But instead, I from a from a from a career perspective, I am a diversity um, and uh, inclusion um, consultant, executive leader. Um, I've been doing that over the last seven years, but primarily um, been in corporate um, as a leader over the last probably I'm telling my age about 20 years. Um, and so um, it's always good to give my perspective. And so I think just being on the show is like an intersection of, you know, what is happening for the black community and that that's sort of my jam. But then also there's this new need to um, kind of focus on how do we make um, the black community um, really come together and organize uh, around um, their civic duty. So that that's really why I'm here and what I do. I, I'm just glad that you take the time to be here. And then, um, <laughs> Someone who I think super highly of as well, and from day oh. one of meeting her, and I promise, Crystal, I won't tell our oh, original story. You're gonna story. tell it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> tell it, but I'll let I'll let you first tell you know a little bit about what you do and your story, Miss Miss Crystal Cooper. Welcome to the DJ Aiken Podcast. Well, thank you. Um, well, so I'm I'm a head of marketing department for a wealth management company, um, and I'm. I, like Tony said, I'm not an activist by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I am a black person in the room. And a lot of times I'm one of the only black people in the room. And I take that very seriously. And so I use my voice as I can to um, ensure that the next generation isn't the only black person in the room. I like to, one of my friends once said, this is uh, sort of my version of the lunch counter protest. So that's kind of where I come in. Right. Now, there is a reason Okay, I can't do it. I thought I was going to get past Crystal without telling our story. So, I know you were. <laughs> so I always tell this every time people, people, not that anyone asked here, like how I met Crystal. Crystal, like Brittany, was one of my what? interns. Oh, well, Brittany wasn't exactly an intern. Club? Brittany was like, like a, her first job. But, but Crystal, and the crazy thing about Crystal, and this is why I, I, I say to this day, I knew Crystal was going to make it from day one. And this is the part of the story I love. Crystal, when she came to meet me for her interview, what it was? How many buses did you have to take? Like three, four? It was three. Okay. Okay. Like. She took like three buses to get there. But then when she got off the bus, it was like at least like a mile still from the station. So I had to go pick her up. And I was like, like, we didn't even need, we didn't even need no interview. I told her, she was like, well, that was I, dedication. yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, Tony Wright did. That's exactly what I saw. I was like, this is an internship. If I can open this door just with your dedication alone, you got this internship. And lo and behold, <laughs> I will say it took me like, how many years did it take me to get that thank you dinner? But I went to Atlanta and she didn't uh, skimp. Yes, I got a real dope thank you dinner. So I can say, pay it, pay it forward, Listen. you know, like, you know. Okay. Eakin, this is feeling a little bit like Diddy sending them across the bridge. For that, <laughs> no, that it was Philly, not. That that Philly uh, wasn't what was it, it the, the Ethiopian cheesecake. Milk? Oh no, no. really, Tony? 
Tony, she was coming for an interview and I went and picked her up. Diddy did not go pick nobody you up. You made her get on three buses and walk half a mile. Wait a minute. And first of all, you demanded that you get a dinner. Like, fired. Listen, we talk about these these HR laws you violate. We'll get to that. We'll get to that on another. Wow. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that because my love for this, for the three of you is something special. Now, let me get to why I wanted to have this conversation with the three of you. For one, the main reason is because first of all, I think so super highly of you, and we have been having kind of this this election discussion. Since it all really started to, to, to go, you know, and then you three professional black and brown women. And there has been a lot of talk of that within this last seven to 10 days. And especially once the election was over. So before we go anywhere else, I just want to start and who I don't care who starts first with the three of you with how are you actually feeling now that the election is over? I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> okay, so there's there's two pieces of this, right? And I came prepared today to get you and Brittany together, okay? Yes! So the first, the first, the first piece of this is that um, I'm happy to see the results of the election. I think we're still in a delicate space. I mean, th- let's be clear. Um, someone is getting out of a house that is white, okay? Whether he wants to accept it or not, but we are in a very delicate space. So given that we are before December 14th, this is this is probably going to air before December 14th, and this is before January 21st when we, you know, transfer duties. I'm going to say that as of now I'm very excited about the outcome, just simply the the change. Um and more importantly, I am so excited that it came down to and I won't even say the states. I'll say Atlanta, Philly, Detroit, Milwaukee, we owe it all to you, right? So three very predominantly black cities, we owe it all to them. So super excited about that. But here is what I came prepared to because when I first came on this show, somebody was giving me all the smoke about voting, right? Somebody was giving me all the smoke about is it in our best interest to vote um, democratically, Right. Some somebody I won't I won't call any names. It wasn't Brittany, but I won't call any names. Okay? Oh wow. And so Wait, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't Brittany. It wasn't Brittany. Okay, so but we you can you deductive reasoning, right? So I wanted to I wanted to and I'm not and here's the thing, I don't necessarily think that there isn't an opportunity for us moving forward to rethink the party system. But here's what I want you to know about being an informed voter. So I want to recap this for you. So we have Stacey Abrams, who showed out after losing the gubernatorial race. She she started um, a fair fight action and she registered over 800,000 voters in the state of Georgia. Right. Wow. So she was like, what happened to me will not happen again. Right. And she we haven't confirmed it, but we're certain that Georgia will be blue, which is we bow down, all hail the queen, right? Like yes. bow down, right? There, I'm a Stacey Abrams fan for life, right? Like I was already, but this is just like we owe it all, right? Mm-hmm. So that's 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 that. Okay, you have several states, Alabama, 
um, voters approved removal of racist Jim Crow language. So they uh, the ban on interracial marriages and public school segregation. Yes, that was still happening in Alabama. Wow. Um, voters approved the new flag to replace the Confederate flag in um, where was that? Is it? One of the southern states, Mississippi, maybe. Don't quote me on that, y'all, but I think that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. um, Nebraska removed uh, slavery um, state, um, slavery as a form of punishment out of their constitution. What was it even doing there? Oh, yeah. In 2020. Listen, okay. I, hey, hey. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to tell you I'm just trying to tell you some of the great things that happened. Los Angeles D.A. Jackie Lacey, who has put 23 people on death row, was defeated. So we're excited about that. Um, she was defeated by George Gaskins. Um, you have Cori Bush in Missouri, who is the first black congresswoman in Missouri. You have um, in Baltimore, the youngest black male ever to be elected as the mayor of Baltimore. You, in Nevada, they became the first state to constitutionally protect same-sex marriage. Um, you have um, the DA in Brunswick, Georgia, who was defeated, who was, who was defeated by her um, opponent, who was the, if you remember, the DA who didn't properly prosecute in the uh, um, Ahmaud Aubrey case. Right. She lost her job, right? Oh, yes! So that's just a few. I could go I on, and on, that one. on and on okay. and on, right? Um, and then, of course, you have the Georgia Senate runoff, right? right? So we're still at a point now where there's a possibility that we could change the Senate outcome. So I wanted to say all of that and preface that because I've come on over and over again, and my sole goal has been about when people say, well, why does my vote even matter? I wanted to point out that, as I pointed out before about being informed about this is not just about the president, right? And there's and here's the thing, I can't, I can't even give to you the amount of judge seats that changed and local DAs that changed because of this, because it would take me hours. But I wanted to kind of capture some major things that had happened based on people simply showing up and being informed about what was on the ballot. So that's how I'm feeling today. I just need to know why, thing. before y'all go any further, I just need to know why that energy was so directed at me, though, as if I was anti-vote. <laughs> it wasn't Britney. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, it wasn't Britney. You know, I mean, you was like, maybe the platinum plan can work for us. Um, yep. You were like you. You were like you, you know. Didn't say that, did you? When you're yeah, the, you look, I am that. the host of a show. I I I am trying to. <laughs> yeah. I am trying to not play devil's advocate for once. For, he is, for, he does. He for one, to. and I'm also trying to you know give an open forum to any. I don't. I try not to force my my thoughts or opinions are on people. I see you now that when I have family on the show, this can come back to haunt me. I see now. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what, Tony? I, one thing I love about you is you've never told me any lies. So I'm going to just take what you just gave me and, and I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to learn from it. Okay. Uh, Crystal, Brittany, your thoughts on how you're feeling after, now that the election is over? Well, let me say this. I, I really, really love Tony's enthusiasm. I'm not as enthusiastic um, if my video implied that at all. I, you know... I think that we did what we had to do to get Trump out. Um, and I'm, I am hopeful that because we did that, that there's going to be some pretenses that he has to put on. But let's not get it twisted. I mean, Biden is just Republican light. And that's why he was what we needed, because we needed somebody that Republicans would potentially vote for. 
So I'm not as enthusiastic, but I'm happier than I was in the last four years. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. But I also think here's the thing, right? I feel like, and I've said this before, that oftentimes in our black and brown communities, we pre- we treat the president like the Wizard of Oz, right? Fair. And in my Fair. mind, I don't, to me, Biden is a conduit to me being a more informed cons- constituent in, in the city that I live in and what I want mm-hmm. and the outcomes that I want for my family around policies and people who represent us. So for me, he, Donald Trump had to go. Period. I I don't, period, Period. right? Mm -hmm. However, I don't put a lot of weight on who is sitting in the president or the vice president um, seat for that matter. It really is about now, how do we show up in two years in runoffs that happened Mm -hmm. in January the way that we showed up? So my purpose in even breaking down the stats for everyone is to prove that this is not this is not like a genie in a bottle. We don't rub it in. He gives us three wishes based right. on the black community. This is not a situation where, you know, um, you know, he's the Wizard of Oz and we, you know, we speak and we click our heels three times and then this thing happens. We are the power. We yes. are the power. Yes. So when yeah. we want something to happen, we want to hold people accountable. Yes. My vote matters, right? Yeah. And so we have to now keep the same energy to reorganize, to show up in two years, to do the same thing that we did, you know, a couple weeks ago. Or yeah. a week and, a half. And, and that's my point. That's my point. Yeah. The, pre- the pretenses are there, right? Now we have yeah. to hold him accountable to keep him to it. Otherwise, he's going to keep going back and forth to the same stuff that he's always done. So exactly. we can't just vote him in. We got to hold him accountable to why we voted him in. Okay. And we also got to give him the seats in the Senate to be able to yes. do the job that he wants to do or is agreeing to do. It's yeah, the please, same thing that please, we talked please about. Hold, please hold those thoughts because I'm. A, I got to come back to those. I got to circle back to those thoughts because I got some direct questions about some of that for you, Brittany. Your thoughts what? on how you feel now? Because we know you. If anybody on this show hates Trump. It ain't Eakin. No, and I ain't I'm saying that I like been, Trump. But if we talking every about day. Huh? Every day I'm waking up. I am so happy. I am much happier. My spirit is a little lifted, a lot more than it was. Like I am like, it's bye. It's the corruption for me. It's the lack of morals for me. It's you know, like the just I'm so done with him. I'm so glad that we voted him out. And there is a part yes. of me that's like, you know. I know he's fighting it and he's doing all these lawsuits and this weird stuff. So that's the little part of me that's concerned. Like, is this for sure? Like, I need Biden in the house. I need him sitting at that seat. I need to see it. But at the same time, I'm just really happy because there were so many historical moments. And Tony, I didn't know any of that had happened. But I did see, like, watching that, you know, these states that were primarily red usually turned blue. Like, and and that, to me, just seeing that, like, the people came out to vote and cared enough that, like, shit's got to... Sorry, I'm so sorry. It's that okay. things got to change. But that that we did it. We acted on it. And, and, like, I just feel like it restored a lot of faith in those people who were maybe first-time voters, and, and we're like, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Well, now, you know, mm-hmm. like, you have proof. Your mm-hmm. vote matters. Yeah. You know, if he, if, we, if he lost, then it'd be like, you see, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You know, so I feel right. like that even that wave of, like, whoa, this, this is us. So yeah. I'm happy. Okay. I'm so happy. Okay. Now, now here okay. is where I have to be the host. 
And when I say I have to be the host, you know that's you know what that's translating. That's translation for I'm about to be a jerk. (laughs) It's like look, I'm about to be contrarian right now. Yes, yes. Come on, come on. Let's. What is it? Now let me let me let me ask the three of you this. I know everybody's happy, and and like I said, I felt I'm not sure if I knew how to feel. Like don't get me wrong, like I don't like Trump personally. I'm not even saying that I'm a fan of his policies or I know all about that he's doing better because I learned a lot with this election. One of the big sticklers, too, was the point that Tony made. Don't keep throwing away those local and those other election things that be on your account or just throwing them to the side and be like, well, it's the president time. Because I literally know people who went in there and they were shocked to see the rest of the ballot. I'm like, didn't you do your research? Like, right. didn't you have a cheat card? Didn't you go to vote411.org? Like, didn't you do any of these things that could help you so that when you went in there, you weren't just like, well, I got the president that I want, but the rest of this stuff, I don't even know, right? So when I, when I say that, I want to know truthfully, are you more happier, though, because you feel like the Biden-Harris team has better policies and are going to be better for black and brown people or were you just happy to get the divisiveness out of office? And I ask that because does that make the country better? Does that make life better for us if that's if we just voted for divisiveness? I, I'm going to be frank. I'll be the first one to go. I voted for him to get the divisiveness out. And I will say that because, frankly, again, if you look at the, the track record of Biden, He's Republican light. Like, I, I don't know how else to say that. He's not going to be, and I said this in my video, he is not going to come in and make some Black America sweeping changes. Now, we are going to hold him accountable to certain things, but he is not the person I would have voted for if he wasn't on the ballot in, the, in competition with Trump. I voted, I was voting Trump out. That's what my vote was for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel a little indifferent on this. I mean, I, I think that... Um, Biden has had a, a controversial um, political history, um, but I think <clears throat> we have to give him some street cred, um, at least in my opinion, um, for the eight years he spent under Barack Obama. And I also think, um, and, and I think that there's been a lot of evo- a lot of evolution in his and how we all are allowed to evolve. I think he's had and owned and been questioned over and over again about his um, his you know some of the decisions that he made, and that was a different time and a different era. I'm not saying that he, I'm not at all saying that uh, the Biden Harris ticket is going to be a savior for the black community. To be clear, you know, uh, black and brown people were being killed under Barack Obama, so that yeah. that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean like our, but it goes, I think to me, this goes back to my initial point around our understanding of civics and how the president is not a solve for um, poor policing in a city per se. Right. And so us understanding our responsibility at a local level to cultivate change and policy. And so it's hard for me to have a conversation about the president relative to it's like the micro and and the macro right like it's just it's it's so it's it's not it goes together but there are so many things that have to work together in order for there to be change you know holistically so for me I feel like it's a little bit of both like obviously Donald Trump had to go period but um I also 
um, am a bit reluctant. I, I think what I've seen from the Biden and Harris campaign, um, the <clears throat> diversity of their staff. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but they they put out their tra transitional plan, full website. Now, again, those are all words and we got to hold them accountable for sure. Um, but if we already know um, what the plan is, how, we have it in writing, right? We then can show up to pr make sure that the right people are in the right seats um, yes. to, to push that through. So, I mean, my perspective is like, you know, there's work to do. There's work to do. But, There's okay, a lot but, of work to do. Yeah, I feel also, though, like, for me, I see so much positive in him leaving this office because it's like, you know, there was, there's... a. A few things are very, like, I'm passionate about. I care about a lot. And it's why I'm Mexican. So, like, the whole ice under his administration was horrendous. It got yeah. worse. It's There's so much there that, that I, I, don't, I don't have to go into just to know that it was so wrong. It was so immoral. And it's still going on. And then the Black Lives Matter movement. The fact that he never, that he, he was anti it and he didn't understand, he couldn't even come to this like idea that it, it, that there is something here that we need to listen to, to the black community that this is happening. And instead he went to attack it. So, and then there's education, which is so important for our country. And then you have him put people like Betsy DeVoe in an education mm -hmm. seat who has no experience with education. So that's why I feel like he, yes, everything, you know, that has to go through the Senate, things to get passed, but he put people illegally almost, I would say, in those positions that weren't yeah. qualified, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's like, no, this this dude is really putting people in positions that should not, that don't deserve to be there. And that is so crazy to me that we've allowed it in under his administration that he's gotten away with it. But Tony, so here, the, the, what you said is what makes me excited. It's less the fact that Biden is in office. I mean, yeah. I'm more excited that Trump is just not in office. Yeah. I'm not yeah. excited that Biden is in office necessarily. But yeah. what I'm excited about is that this country is going through a reckoning. Period. Yes. We are yes. requiring a lot more yes. of this country than we ever have. And because of that, Biden will be required to do more. So it's not yes. the fact that he's president. It's not the fact that he's in the seat. It's the fact that this country is now saying we are tired. In fact, it's the world. This is the first time that the world has come in. We've got people in the UK and everywhere else that's like, enough is enough. We can't right. just keep murdering black people and it's fine. That's what makes me excited. I'm not yeah. necessarily happy that he's the president because to your point, he only has but so much control and so much power. He's not a wizard. Mm -hmm. But this country is now saying, I want more seats at the table. I want you to yeah. stop murdering us. I yeah. want equal education. They are requiring that. And because of that, because Biden tends to waver on the side of where the country's going, of where the country is going, yeah. then then he's going to make those changes. Exactly. That's what makes me excited. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, but now you, girl, okay. now you got it. Okay, yes, but, but okay, that, but okay, but my barber, <laughs> but my barbershop rebuttal to that, ladies, is we didn't oh, hold Barack, we didn't hold Barack Obama to that eight years. I mean, twelve years ago, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't re think about it. Because here's here's my thing with us as a people. And well, again, what are we saying that Barack Obama didn't do? Okay, wait, like, let me let me because again, let me let me get my I got to get a barbershop <laughs> point in here because my barbershop point is really where I want to go. And when I say barbershop <laughs> point, it is it is I'm. I'm going to ask a good question. It may not exactly be the exact fact, but it's not going to be off. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at here is, and I, and I will venture to say, I don't really want to include black women in this because what I will say 
is you guys tend to hold people feet to the fire. And not, not no, no, I mean that part. I, if I if I don't say nothing else that I'm proud of, it's the black and what I see in the black it's brown 93%. woman. Because that's, that's on period. R- on period. Uh, and I'm going to give you that, Tony, because you seem to be wanting to hold my feet to a lot of fires on this particular episode. So on period. I mean, I it's it. on period. So wh- what I'm saying is this, though. How long is this attitude, though? Because you know what we tend to do as a people, as a collective is we jump in. We got we save the day because that's the means and everything we have. Once again, the black woman has saved the day. The brown woman has jumped in and saved the day. People of color have saved the day. Matter of fact, we even got a woman of color in office now. But six months from now, a year from now. Do you really are we really going to be holding um, Biden Harris feet to the fire? Because to me, that's what it, that's what it feels like to me. And that that, that that's the part that bothers me. Are, how do we hold their feet to the fire six months, a year from now? Because I, like you said, Tony, oh. and you always say this, you we have to give them a chance to get in the office and get things going. But how do we hold their feet to the fire? Well, Tony, let, let me just for a second, because I'm going to I'm going to push back a little bit on what you're saying, Ike. Okay. Because what you're saying is undermining the work that women do every day. Now, the reason why you it feels like right now that, oh, well, you know, it's just a loud voice. And will that loud voice still be there six months from now? That's just because white people joined in. That's not because black women haven't been doing this all along. It okay. undermines everything I have done every day. And I imagine that Tony has done every day. I spend my life and my volunteer time making sure that there are adequate things for, for, for black children in need who are underserved and underserved populations. I am on boards for that. I do speaking around that. I do content around that. I have conversations with the executive leadership at my group. That stuff happens every day. It's just that it's not broadcast. The only reason it's loud now is because white voices have joined in. So I, I would, I would, I would be a little careful in saying, well, what happens in six months when it's forgotten? Because we never forgot. We just reminded everybody else. Okay, and and my pushback to that is, forgot may not be the right word, but if it's not happening. Like it's one thing, it's one thing, it's one thing for everybody to scream Black Lives Matter, right? Like we've 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 talked about this on this show, like giving it all kinds of time. And and I and like I said again, I, I am I am very much open to the pushback and comments because I, I think highly of the three of you and I know what you're saying has value, right? So my pushback to that point is yes, these things get louder, right? But then once we're not talking about them anymore, that's the part that bothers me because just as loud as it is, I want it to keep moving on that loud scale. So maybe my question is better asked is how do we keep it going on this loud of a scale? Because you just can't use us and prop us up when when you need the votes. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what they did. Oh, they, they praising you right now. So don't I don't want them to forget what you guys are fighting for in six months. And now it's like we are handling that over here. No, that same stage that they want to talk about y'all on right now, how do we keep that stage going? Because I don't want you to do your work in the back room. You didn't do your work at the polls in the back room. You you guys didn't do your work with get with getting, uh, what's her name in Atlanta? I mean, in, in Georgia again, Stacey. Right. She didn't do her work in the back room to register those voters. Right. So I don't think her work should be in the back room a year from now. You understand what I'm saying? So how do we keep and I guess better way to ask my question is how do we keep you guys or keep what we're fighting for on the main stage? Because we top of mind right now when they needed us. I want to stay top of mind when it's not election time. And that to me is the part that I, I guess the point I'm really getting to, because it seems like I got when Barack came. Right. 
I'm the first one I tell anybody. Like you said, you wanted Trump out. It didn't matter to me really what Barack said. As long as I knew he was representing us well, he was getting my vote. Because he, he just looked like me. I just felt it was time, right? But at the same time, we all did that, right? Okay. And I'm not knocking what he did. I'm not knocking. I love Barack Obama. But I don't, I'm tired of us jumping out and helping with all this stuff we do. We fight. We there. We march. We get the, we get the things over the top. But then when it's really time for change, let's do that in the back room. I'm, I'm not I, for that. I think, I, I, I think one of the things that have, has happened, and I think there has been, you know, I think Crystal said it best, there, was, there is a, a reckoning, right? Mm-hmm. The difference was when Barack Obama, um, you know, campaigned, he campaigned on hope and change. And we were at a, a really pivotal point in the nation and people wanted to see something different. And he did the best he could despite how racist the United States is, right? Right. But he got a lot of, he caught a lot of flack about what he didn't do, um, all these different things. Post Barack Obama's exit, and then it made room for this, like, um, this stirring of, like, racial tension. So now the backlash to that is voting in Donald Trump. And he was empowered to be divisive and ugly yeah. and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. But what that did for a certain portion of white America was go, whoa, we thought you guys had arrived because we gave you a black president, right? But what we're realizing is that this is who we are, right? At our core, right? And so I don't think we'll ever go back to the place we were when, but prior to Barack Obama being elected, I don't think that America will ever exist again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree that we have a tendency in in the U.S. to rally at, at the four year point, and then kind of kind of go back into you know hiding. But some of that has to do with. Um, the way in which we organize and make people more educated. And what I see happening with someone like Stacey Abrams, who has created her, her campaign is that with the, with the new way of social and instant information that there's this new rising, especially with Zentennials of how quickly people can be informed. If you saw what was, was happening in Atlanta and what is really stirring up people um, who are racist and trying to suppress votes is that, they were immediately getting information out. If you submitted a ballot, yep. this is how you can check your ballot. There mm-hmm. are 57,000 ballots that have an error. You have until Friday to fix your ballot. Like beforehand, how are you getting that information? Right. You know, right. that information wasn't coming out. Miss Sally wasn't going back up after she had rode the bus down. You know what I mean? Like that was <laughs> never going to happen. So you could just, you know, you could, you know, Keisha Lance Bottoms did a phenomenal job at orchestrating a very diverse group of people to to oversee those processes. So I say all of that to say, I I just think we're at a different time. I I'm not saying that in two years we won't we we may not we may see less of this, but I think that there is a rallying cry of you know a question of is this who we are? And if it is, there are people who are like I will not accept it, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, I just don't think I don't think that we're ever gonna go back 
to where to, to the way that we were. Um, I do believe that it was necessary for people to call out black women because to Crystal's point, we've been doing this work. Right. I ain't mad at people being like, thank you, black women. Yes, because we were owed that. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Thank you, black women, because you've been showing up at the 90 percent rate for years. Right. Yeah. For years. Right. And this is the first time America is saying black women, y'all did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. I, I really do appreciate that. I'm not I'm not. Um, you know, I'm not taking that lightly. I think it was important. You know, people are going to feel how if, if, if Joe Biden didn't acknowledge and, and, and um, Kamala Harris did not acknowledge um, black women, I feel like um, we would have people who said, well, th- they didn't say anything. And if, if he if they, you know, so it's like you can't win for losing in that scenario. But me personally, I was happy to see um, so many people advocate and call out not only the black and brown cities but also that black women they did that they organized um they strategized and they got people to the polls and on top of that they voted 93 percent right okay hey hey. (laughs) i but also i love it and tony you make a good point because also I don't think we can ever go back to where we were before either, because the other thing is, again, the world is watching before it was yeah. maybe just our country that was saying something. Now the, there are people protesting all around the globe. Yeah. And beyond that, you, because of that, because the world is watching, you now have even the most conservative companies coming out saying things. Chick-fil-A came out and said, oh, we stand with you or whatever the case may be. So what happens with that is the things that we face every day, this is the thing, and I I was having this conversation with a friend of mine earlier, it's people were shocked when George Floyd was murdered. They were like, wait a minute, I I had no idea that racism still existed, right? Because it was such such an incredible thing to see. But Black people know because we are dealing with everyday systemic racism. And now what you're seeing is those pieces are starting to change. They're now saying, all right, well, they need equal housing because how do you build generational wealth if you don't, if you can't get a house and you can't pass that house down? Oh, okay. Well then the, the, the wage gap, if that's still persisting, then how do you continue to be able to invest and be able to do the things that other white people can do? We are starting to make shifts and all the things that we experience every day. And we're highlighting the fact that those things happen every day. So now people are like, oh, so it's not just that they're being murdered out in the streets. They are also not able to get equal footing in America because Mm -hmm. of the systemic racism that has perpetuated itself over and over and over again. So I don't think we can ever go back after that. Listen, I just got invited to be a part of a series. It's called Access Denied. I listened to that and I love it. It's it's amazing. It it was it's sponsored by Arizona and um, American Banker. And one of the things that we're working on is giving voice to what systemic racism looks like holistically. This is not a just this is not just about police brutality. This is about the lack of access that has been created for black and brown communities in every single category yes. right yes. and um i i think to your point crystal that's what's happening we're we are galvanizing and saying like hey remember when y'all said 40 acres and a mule run us our check <laughs> right? 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 
run that right now people definitely <laughs> say 40 acres in a mill like i i am i'm with it and so i've been participating in a lot of projects um i'm super excited about a project i start this week with linkedin and um it'll start filming tomorrow and mm-hmm. i i i am trying to give voice to so many areas where we have to close the gap. So this is just to me, I think we're just in a new time. This is bigger yes, than us. You agree. coming out saying I owned that systemically we did things purposely to yep. create financial um, inequity in black communities. So yep. now we're committing to, you know how many corporate companies have now allocated a large portion of their corporate social responsibility dollars to now closing the gap, either with social justice organizations or yep. uh, HBCUs. Um, so I I think we're at a different time, right? Had, had Trump been reelected, it would have been a little scary. I ain't gonna lie, right? Yeah. But I think that there are some things, there's some goodness that came out of um, America as a backlash saying, I, I denounce that this is who we are. Right. Yeah. And so I'm excited about it. Well, I'm excited Agreed. about sure. the fact that I was able to give black and brown women the platform that I used to be in control of that I'm just now, <laughs> I'm now a guest of. You just, you just show up and turn the mic on. I see, I see. <laughs> and, and honestly, man, and I, and I just want everybody that watches this to understand, like, I enjoy these conversations and I am, like I said, again, I'm grateful that the three of you t- took the time to be here because I also feel like with every episode, I want to learn something. And I say this all the time. I could come on here and talk about what I think I saw in the election, but I can't speak for what I saw or what you guys feel being black and brown women that they're talking about out there. And that's what that's what I really, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'll take the punches that I'm supposed to take this episode because I obviously Tony been waiting to get her gloves on and come see me. But, you know, you know, but again, and, and I and I appreciate you guys, you know, before we even go any further, I just want to make sure that it's known that I really appreciate the candidness and the openness that you guys, you know, expressed to me when we talk. Um, I guess my next thing, um, and this is still on the same point, because, again, and the reason I ask these questions is because we, we do live in a digital world and you and you guys all know this, right? Like. And it, and, it, and it bothers me to the core. Like I said, that's like I said, Crystal, you had a very good point. And it, but it, it just bothers me because, like I said, I'm over the fact of we do all these great things. And it's great when we're, when we're helping everybody else. But then when it's time for, like Tony said, to give us our payback or not even so much that we're asking for payback. But then it's like, well, let's do that in the back room. Let's take it out. Like, like get in the car. I'll hand you that. Nah, like, like put me back on that same stage because we down here doing this work every day. So we've, we've talked about how. And I had this discussion with somebody else, too. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are not going to necessarily save the day. They're not. Like, that, like, we just can't expect that. So mm-hmm. coming from you three, what are some of the suggestions? And I know you guys are already doing some of this work, so maybe we just reiterate that. Like, some of the things that we can actually be doing. Because me, like I said, to me, you have to, you can't just sit in the house and be complaining about how bad the world is. You got to be out there, like, doing this work, even if it's just saying, you know what, I'm determined to make sure that the next set of teenagers or whoever's behind me, they don't have it as rough as I did. So maybe you're working on something like that. What do you, what are your suggestions on things that we can do as a people to be like, because you know, they ain't always going to want to give us this stage, but we got to create our own. We got to do together. Like you have some suggestions on that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like whatever sector you're in, you know, Crystal says she's in marketing, you know, 
I, th I think no matter what industry you're in, if you're in entertainment, if you, I don't care if you're the janitor, we all have power to give voice where we see there is inequity, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the first step is identify in your industry where you see right? There's inequity, right? I know, I don't know how many times, Ekin, you've called me and complained about how it feels to be, you know, a black person in entertainment and how, how that has, how that in the traditional system, how that, how that plays out in terms of like your access to certain times and, and airtime and, and things of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we give voice to those things? So at, at a baseline, I have always been an advocate before it was cool to be an advocate. When I was just one low level little HR girl, I was like, so here's what you're not going to do on my watch, right? Like I ain't never scared. And so even at the very baseline of like what we can control, it's that. I think the other things it is about is about our local communities. How do you get involved at the local level? Um, how do you, I, the only reason I really, I have to tell you, COVID really had me a little scared on Why? the, um, for polling, for the polling, um, like to, to, to volunteer, but that, you know, we, we hope that this, this will get better as we get closer and, and further out of, of COVID, but there are many ways that you can dedicate your time. And as Crystal said, like even serving underserved kids, what can I do? What the question we should all be asking is what can I do to close the gap? What right. can I do to close the gap? What do I control to close the gap, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we're all focused on that, then we're moving all in the same direction. So to me, I think it's about like examining your life and seeing like, how can I do better? How can I give voice to this when something is unfair? You know, how, how, how do I do that? How do I have, like for you, Ekin, how do you have conversations with other white VJs, DJs about how they pass the mic, how they share their platforms and what that means for you? You know, you could, you, you are so cool at coming up with whole campaigns. Like, you know, there was some uh, black women who did a pass the mic day. Right. right. Um, and they partnered with, um, very um, high profile white women and took over their social for a day to talk about their initiatives, right, their that. businesses. Yeah. And it was super dope. Wow. Right. And so now you're seeing other industries doing it. Fashion is doing it. And everybody's copying medical. I saw doctors now are passing the mic with white doctors, to black doctors and giving them voices. So there are so many ways that we can be empowered and move within our industries. So that's that's my feedback. Can I, I can I jump that. in here real quick before? And I, I think one of the things we have to get over to, and th this was always seemed to be one of one of my fears that I think that we definitely have better chances for today, is I was always afraid to lose that job. You understand what I'm saying? Like I was always yeah. not, and not so much that I wouldn't speak up, but I was always like, I need this job. You know, and, and again, not to say anybody put your career or livelihood at risk, but I also think when something is wrong, and this has happened to me where I, like I literally almost probably was I was sick. Like the doctor was like, yo, like you stressed out, like like literally chest pains every day. When something is that wrong, you're not doing yourself any benefit trying to keep adjusting to living in that either. And we live yeah. in a time we live in a time nowadays where you really can. If you put in the real work in, you can get something started and it can turn yeah. into like, damn, this has yeah. become my livelihood. Like we with mm -hmm. these with these apps and the way that we're connected and and, you know, your network and that sort of thing. If you're doing the right thing, I think these are the times to really be like, yo, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to do that. And with your network, you'll probably find more. And, I, and I'll say just even for me, 
Like I've found that when I've really focused now and, and not so much worry about just keeping a job, but standing for what is right and moving forward and doing good by people and doing the right thing and waking up and putting in the work. Like mm-hmm. not only do I feel better and healthy as an individual, I feel like I'm really seeing the real progress. I really see the real strides and I'm comfortable like, yo, I feel good about what I just did. I didn't just do something to be yeah. like, well, I got the check, my bit, my, my mortgage is paid, you know? So I think those people, I guess I wanted to jump in with that point because I've been that person where I was like, man, I got to keep this job. You know, I got to mm-hmm. like, I got to keep this job. And even it's, it's been important to me in the sense of like, when I was at radio, when Quest called me and was like, could I help Brittany? I was able, because I was there, I could help her. I felt like that. I feel like being able to help Crystal, like, and you guys have turned into done way more than I even, I was like, yo, they could do whatever. And I know that and I see it, you know, like just, I just always have wanted to be in that position but I think that there's other ways to be in that position because people matter and they're not a part of corporate, but they out here and they moving and they moving the needle. Yeah. And, and I think if your heart's in the right place and you believe in putting yes. the work, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many ways to contribute, right? Like you, you, I mean, that's a very, that's a good point, right? Which is that there are people who are in situations that, that maybe not, don't have as many choices. Right. Um, and so I want to be sensitive to that, but at the same time, I, I think sometimes we get accustomed to like a lifestyle in the golden handcuffs and we think we don't have choices. Right. And mm-hmm. I know for me, like I've made up a, 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 in my mind, like I'm just not, cause to me, sometimes corporate can be like modern day sharecropping. It gives you the illusion that you um, are secure and you have safety because you're getting a check every two weeks. Um, but the outcome is your health. It, the outcome is like mm-hmm. lack of equity. So you're not, you're not advancing the wealth of your family. Um, so for me, my, my thing is always like, I am not going to become a version of myself. Right. And so that, that's my mantra in life. Like I'm not like, I, this is not what I'm going to do, but I also want to give a lot of grace to people who are at different levels, um, that don't always have that. But the thing is, what can we control? Right. What can we control? It's more, it's more about the mind, um, yeah. than it is about, um, you know, money or anything else. It's about like, what am I going to do? Because I, I might not be able to quit this job today, but what can I be doing in my local community? What can I be doing? Um, what can be the plan? What's the five-year plan to get out of here? Like whatever that is, whatever you need to do. But I agree with you, Egan. Sometimes it can be tough. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's important for some of us to be on the inside, right? So we can hold space and hold, hold the door open. So, so here's the thing. And Tony, uh, I love the way you said... Um, I was an advocate before it was cool, right? Because I was. Somebody posted on Facebook the other day, they were like, when was the first time you'd ever experienced racism? And I will never forget, at least the first time that I remember, I was eight years old, eight years old. And this one, this girl, I was, we were walking her birthday party. I had my gift. It was like so exciting. And she said, hey, listen, she like stopped me as we were walking. And she said, listen, my grandma doesn't like black people. Can you pretend that you're not? And I was eight years old. And I said, I'm, I'm good. I said, I'm good. And I left. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Did you take your present too? I took my present. Did you beat her up? Doing that. Grandma. Uh-uh. So, so very similar to Tony, I have never, ever had an issue with having a tough conversation. And I grew up extremely poor. I was living in shelters. My mom was an addict. I mean, let's get really, really real right now. So I know the struggle of what it means to feel like I can never go back there. If I speak up, I could end up back there, but my heart will just not allow me to do it. And I will have some tough conversations and I have 
zero problem doing it. The way I feel is my ancestors had to be hung. They had to be put in jail. They had to be shot with hoses. They did that for me to get here. And all I have to do is be able to use my voice. It is a crime if I don't. If they have done all of that, if they have died, they have shed blood and tears. And all I have to do is just speak up when it's necessary. And I refuse to do that. That's a crime. And I have not earned that right. So for me, it's very similar to Tony. I do everything I can when I'm in that boardroom. I do everything I can when I am having conversations with executives. I do everything I can when I'm in nonprofits. It is starting with the next generation so that the next generation, they don't even have to use their voice. It is just a given. I feel like you have to be in a place where if you have been blessed enough to be able to have those conversations, have them. And if at the end of the day, I get it, you don't want to lose your paycheck. God knows I never want to go back to where I was, but you don't want to lose your soul. And I, I just, I, it just won't, I, my personality will not allow me to watch injustices happen. And I say nothing. Yeah. Brittany, I thought you was about to jump in because I know how much you hate Trump and you loathe him. I didn't know where you wanted to go there i know well i feel like we're going in so many directions that i'm like i don't know what you know where it's okay i i feel like because i agree with what tony and i mean both of you were saying crystal like about this you know like never being able to go back and being awakened and for me it's like an awakening and i feel like i'm listening to y'all like taking pointers like you're right because i'm more of a for me, I've always been, you know, passionate. I'll show up. I volunteer. You know, if there's something that there's a, a need in the community, I'm there. I will do my part. But I've never been the one to organize something and take something as my own. And so I'm listening to you ladies and kind of like, oh, okay, so there are ways to do this. There are ways to, or I should, you know, figure that part out of my life, you know, to make the, those seats available for, you know, the next, the next generation or just for more Latinas, for more black people, for more, you know, yeah. more people of color that I know, I know diversity is needed. I've been in rooms with white men and the comments they say to me, I'm just like, I can't even believe this is how you feel. And, I, and it's just like this inequality that's almost in, ingrained in their head and they don't see mm -hmm. it. They don't see it. There's no inequality in their mind. And and it, it's like infuriating, but I just haven't figured out how to how to start that. I just show up, you know, like if I have to be there, I'm there. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm taking everything that, in that y'all are saying and I love it. Y'all are so inspiring. Can I offer a suggestion? I have a suggestion. Well, you so know, I since it's since it's you guys' show, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> I got a suggestion after that. I have, I have a suggestion. Okay, so I just read this really great book. It's like this leadership book, and one of the things that encourages you to do is be curious. And so, if you don't have the, um, you know, the confidence or your your concern to just say something head on ask some questions. Just ask some very normal questions. Somebody says something that is low-key racist or high-key racist or sexist, just be like, tell me a little bit more about that. I make people tell me their racism. Like I've, I, because I had marketing, I've had to do redo landing pages and websites and things like that, right? And I remember recently this woman was like, can you send me, I had the agency put the landing page together and it's a diverse group of women. And she came back and said, um, can I see some more images? Now I knew what she wanted. I knew exactly what she was saying, but she didn't want to say it. So I said, okay, that's fine. And then I called my agency and I said, I want you to put more black people in those images. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And then they did that. And she came back and she said, can I get some more? And I said, no, ma'am, I need you to tell me what exactly is wrong with these images. What is it that, so that way my agency isn't going on a hunt, right? We are spending money on this. I didn't come out and say, you're being racist. I just said, tell me, tell me what images you're looking for. Oh, I would like images that look more like our target demographic. Interesting. Who is our target demographic? Are we no longer attracting black people? I'm going to make you tell me yeah. your racism. Yeah. Now, maybe I don't come out and say, hey, you're racist. But all I did was ask questions because either they're going to come out and say something that you can directly address right. or they're going to back down. So yeah. just allow yourself to be curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like and that. I also think, too, Brittany, I think what we're seeing from the election is that, you know, I feel like, you know, the Latinx community kind of got pounded around kind of some of the division, like what what Republican and Democrat. And so how can you create voice in that space for how you yes. translate what what how it affects your particular community? Right. I mm-hmm. feel like we need. Um, more Latinas to 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 do that work, um, especially in the South, because I see a lot of activists in the North. Um, and so you don't necessarily have to call yourself an activist, but as an entertainer and someone who has a lot of followership, um, it may be important for young people who look like you to see someone just ha- having the conversation, yeah. right? Um, and and saying, what are you yeah. curious about? What don't you know? What have your parents taught you? Um, you know, why? Just being curious around that too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important too. And I think that's a, a good way for us to continue to partner. Yep. Thank y'all ladies. I'm yeah. going to take that. And, and, <laughs> listen, and with that, you know, DJ Eakin, do you, would you have anything for the Crystal show or <laughs> like, yeah. like have any final thoughts uh, I'm so on the Southern hospitality? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Like, <laughs> You know, you ever have you ever have a set of sisters or relatives that you just don't always have a comeback for? That's kind of how I feel in this moment. I feel like we had Thanksgiving, right? And I'm the one who got in trouble, and y'all at the table laughing at me. You know, that, that's what I feel like right now. I I do appreciate this conversation. One one last point before I get out of here, and I was having this talk again with with someone, and we were we and his point was, um, he was a little bit bothered by. And let me finish the thought. Don't just jump in when I say this first part. Please, <laughs> let me finish the thought. Let me finish the thought. Because again, it, it, you have to take the entire thought. Okay. But I know when I say this first part, whew, if I was oh. close to y'all, I might, might get a little choking or something. Let me say this first part. <laughs> he was a little bit bothered by all the social media stuff saying, like when Kamala Harris was on, he was like, oh my God, my kid needed to see this. My kid needed to see this. And his point was, why did your kid need to see that? Because to him, it starts at home. And, and we, as black people sometimes, his point was, we always got to see this bigger thing. When we start storing our people, people like us, that they can see every day, that are, like you said, that are doing this work right in front of their face. You know, and, and he was, and again, he said, he said, I'm not saying this in a derogatory way. He goes, but you know how many dope sisters I know that are right on these streets that I live in that are doing, like you said, Crystal, earlier, that are doing this work. And he said that it bothered him because it always seems like we as black people always have to reach out to this thing that it's got to be this big for us to be like, oh, my God, I'm glad I'm glad that my daughter saw this. Why aren't you glad that your daughter saw this this marketing professional professional over here that you deal with on the regular that you see that look just like you? That's that she could talk to that could be like, yo, you could be me. You could be this. You could be. You know what I'm saying? And that was his point. Can I 
get your thoughts on you know that I don't think it has to be an either or. So I don't I don't That's really like that that sentiment, right? Yep. Because I remember being I I was at inauguration. Negative 13%, almost frostbite, almost died. Um <laughs> I was at inauguration and my frozen tears could not stop f- flowing. It was an important portion right at the time that Barack Obama had got elected. My grandmother who was 97 um, had lived long enough to cast her ballot for the first. And, and, and I remember mm. having a conversation with her and her saying, it wasn't even a matter of me not, not, not thinking that we could have a black president. It was that the thought never even existed as mm. tangible, meaning mm. she had not even considered. Right. Like, not even considered. Not that, you know, one day I hope we get a black. Like, it was not even a thing, right? And she had lived long enough to see black people get the right to vote and for women to get the right to vote and now to see a black. So representation matters. Mm-hmm. And let's not negate the the first woman of color and the first female to be elected to the highest um, official role in the United States as being something that is small. I think it's important. I think you don't get a Tony and you don't get a Crystal unless people have modeled for us people doing this work. And y'all know, I mean, even though you know, she is a you know, my, my AKA sisters, they gonna ski we us to the end of earth and um, <laughs> you know, it may not be my sorority of choice. It was it was so great to see um, a woman of color on that stage. Right. Um, and kind of in a way interesting because she's on that stage when Hillary Clinton had actually intended to be the first. Um, she's on that stage when. You know, one of the things, and I think um, Abby Phillips said this on CNN, which is that, like, it's amazing to see that the entire thing that started with Barack Obama was on this birther lie, that he wasn't U.S. born. Mm -hmm. And now Donald Trump's career, that's how his career started, and it's going to end with a black woman vice president. Mm. I mean, there is such a sweetness to that. So for me, I, I think that it doesn't have to be either or. I think it's important for us to see the very thing that we didn't expect to see mm-hmm. um, and see it happen when we didn't expect it to happen. And also to do the work in our in our homes for for it to be modeled um, that there are amazing brown and black people on the ground floor. So that mm-hmm. that's my answer. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's my answer too. Both things can be true. Right. The, and, and this is what I went meant when I said be curious. Right. Is. When you said that, Ekin, my first thought was, well, earlier in this in this show, you said, I voted for Barack because I just wanted to see someone like me there. Right. But I, I'm fairly certain that you've seen other Black successful people before him. Right. Both things can be true. Both representations can matter. And I, I, I can't, I think it has to be both, right? It can't, because the yeah. other thing is, is that when you have me and Tony, right, that's great. But we also don't want our young black people to think, well, that's the ceiling. That's as high as you can get. You can't possibly want more because once you start wanting to get higher, there's a clear ceiling. We are breaking through that. And I think that having her there is is a big, huge part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I second all of that for sure. 
it's all significant. It really is. It means so much to me seeing all of this. Like in my lifetime, I'm like, I'm just happy. <laughs> Brittany is the most pleasant. <laughs> she is like a sugar cookie. But first I mean, all, pleasant to you. First of all, let me clear. Let me, first of all, she let me, is like a sugar cookie. I was okay? gonna say she first of all, little cherry that you add to the top. Yeah. First of all, let me let me you. let me clear something up. Let me clear something up. Brittany's like that sister. That whenever mom and dad is in the room, she don't <laughs> never do nothing. No. But the minute mom and dad turn their head, you like, mom is like, well, who did this? And Brittany's gone because she didn't done it and left you with the evidence like you did. So every time there's a guest, which she especially always says, oh, my God, I love when Tony's on. I love when Tony's on. Now it'll be Crystal and Tony, right? Yeah. So you hear, right, Tony? And it's like. Oh, this pleasantness, right? <laughs> when it's just me and her. If I would have had this conversation with her by myself, let me tell you something about how upset she would have been at any point that I would have thought about saying about Donald Trump because she loathed that man. I can bring back some past clips. Don't make me do that. Yeah, it, oh, I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, and, I, and I have to say, too, I really am so happy for the black community, though, like to have these historical things and to be able to see someone who looks like you in these positions, like you said, representation, it matters. But I just love watching it, you know, like because I feel like, yes, you know, we, we've black and brown people we all deal with racism absolutely and 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 in some cases way worse than others whatever it is it, it shouldn't exist but i'm just like i feel like i'm watching y'all win and you know and it's like long deserved well you know past due you know and i just see more people who have changed their perception too about black people and about the black community and who have you know now are even more uh curious about what are these you know things that are in unequal and what is going on why are black people saying that they're being murdered on the street you know like they're we're making them think more which i just like i said i think it's dope i think it's like yeah <laughs> yeah. Just happy that my name gets to stay in the hashtag. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just be happy with that. Be happy with my little place over here, ladies. I, I I do appreciate you, the three of you, taking the time. And and um, like I said, whenever you want to come on this platform, or whenever I can come on your platform and just offer a rebuttal, even though I know I'll get shut down because obviously I can't I can't handle three <laughs> three at one three sisters at one time talking to me about some I but you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take my little barbershop conversations over somewhere else for now because obviously over here you know my little barbershop rebuttal points I don't know if they actually stand much ground over here. Listen, not here. Like, no, look, Serena no. Williams, like, back, bounce back, 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 back. Yo, before I get out of here, though, can I can I get some uh, some closing thoughts? And it could be whatever you know, positivity or just a thought that you'd like to leave everybody. Because again, I appreciate the three of you taking the time in. So I I just like to. Um, First, before you do that, though, because I want to end the show with you guys, you know, we'll go Tony, Crystal and then Brittany. What I'd like for you to do first is where they can find you at on social and then, you know, your final thought. And I'm just going to leave it at that, because, like I said, again, this show really, when I thought about it and I wrote the three of you, I honestly I play a lot, whatever, but I wanted it to be about you guys. And I wanted you because, I, I, you know, it was funny because Tony even texted me one day and was like, we doing a recap show. You know, we do, and I and I had it in my mind, but she was making sure, hey, look, we ain't gonna talk all about this and then when it go down, we ain't gonna have no recap. So so that part I appreciate. And like I said, I, I appreciate, you know, I just wanna say thank you again. And I appreciate your candidness, your truthfulness, your professionalism, and I appreciate you for being you. You know, that that is first and foremost. And when I say 
that I love you guys. When I type you in a text that I love you, I don't just type that because first of all, I ain't just typing that. People know me. I ain't got that kind of time. But if I love you and I say it, I mean it. So if make sure that I leave you with this thought. That's how much the three of you mean to me. And I thank you again. So I don't want to say anything else. I want you guys to close the show and finish out. Um, first of all, and first, like I said, start with telling them where they can find you at on social and then your final thought. And again, I love you guys. Yeah. So you guys know at the corporate T T E A across all social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and, um, and the corporate T.com of course. But, um, you know, I think the thing that I want, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have the recap was that I really wanted for people to, to demonstrate for people that there is power in our voice and in our vote. And I don't want to lose the momentum of that. And I think that we have a ways to go. We have to organize. We have to strategize. Um, we have to keep this momentum. Um, but also, I want to serve as someone who is open for people who are curious, who are at Britney's stages that's like, hey, you know, when we were on the call one time and Britney was like, I wish there was a place where they would tell you what the ballot means. And I was like, Britney, there's several. <laughs> Let me give you <laughs> and, so, and I used it because of you. I did. Yeah, right. And it was so much better, right? Wasn't it a different experience? Oh, I was actually enjoying it. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. yeah and so, awesome. so many ways that we can be a vehicle of change. And so I'm just happy that you gave me this platform to be a mini activist um, to talk about this this crucial time right now in the U.S. So thank you, brother, um, for allowing me um, to come on at this time and kind of and kind of share my voice. Well, I, I'm not I'm not quite as uh, refined as Tony in my social because <laughs> I, I I use my LinkedIn for the most part. So you can find me at Crystal Cooper Mathis if you are looking. Um, you can find me on Instagram, but it is less of a corporate name. It's Food Champ Coop because I'm a foodie. <laughs> but if you're looking for my uh, my content on how I feel about diversity, um, LinkedIn is really the way to go for me. But um, I'll leave with this. It is, it is what I said earlier, and this is what matters. This is our time to shine, which is excellent, right? But eventually, to Eakin's point, the, the light from a global perspective will not be as bright. But that does not change your daily requirements to do what our forefathers fought for. And so be the Eakins in this world. Be, be the Tonys. Be, be, the, be the me's. Be the Britney's, right? Do what you can for your fellow uh, person of color. You know, if, if I hadn't, you know, if, if Eakin had not um, given me that chance after I took those three buses, right, then who knows where I would be because I didn't have that footing. I didn't have parents to pass down wealth. I didn't have all of that. And so I pass that forward. I, I take that very seriously and I pass that forward in everything I do in life. And so do that. Do that where you can, even if you are a janitor, you have something to offer this world, use it. Yes, yes. I love that. Both of you are so amazing. And Ekin, well, I'm at brunch with Brittany on Instagram and TikTok, stuff like that. But I do want to end on this. First of all, honestly, honestly, every time, DJ Ekin, you 
have know some amazing people. Like seriously, who I've come to know through you, I've been meaning to tell you this is that I am just so like wow, you just know some amazing people. Tony Crystal, you two are amazing like I just said, but really I'm so proud of you both and also you're so inspiring and this episode for me was also listening and learning and that's what I want to do. I want to take what y'all said and I want to execute and start a plan of action to be that uh, help you know, raise my voice because I do use my voice, but I know I can use it more. And so I just want to thank y'all for that. That's I, it. I, I guess I still get the last word, man. I guess. I've, yes. Again, all I'm going to say is, man, thank you again. Uh, this has been the DJ can podcast. Uh, new episode drops on Friday, which is when this episode will drop. So it will be way before December 14th, which is I think a date, Tony, you were mentioning earlier. And who knows? Um, for some reason, I just think that the three of you will be, well, I know Brittany will be back, but I think, I think some kind of way we'll be back before the end of the year because I just I, like I said I think these conversations as much as I am hip hop I think what I what I keep stressing all the time with this is hip hop to me has been many things and hip hop has been involved in many things and that's politics it's social things it's 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 real life to me you know what I'm saying it's family to me so although I began with hip hop with this platform there's nothing to me that I can't discuss you know what I'm saying there's nothing to me that's mm-hmm. that's untouchable so again I appreciate the three of you letting me um, listen to your voice and, you know, just talk about real things because there's more to life than, you know, somebody cheating on somebody or some reality show, I feel. And I feel like this place right here, I want to be that. So, again, thank you. And thank you to everybody who rocks with us here at the DJ Aiken Podcast. Shouts out to Radio Influence. Ladies, I will talk to you all soon. And I am promising that uh, I'd like to have you all back before the before 2021 hits because I think we need to talk about what's 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 what we're gonna what's good for next year i think we need to work on some of yes. those ideas out loud yes. as well listen and, I, and we're not above talking about a new hit that's out you know, yeah, you okay. know I'm, that. I'm not above that either i'm not, not above, above that, that. <laughs> you know? yeah you know what too I, I think you know what that's an idea because you know what every time that we have had you here tony it's been like a a kind of a focused episode a on something that's been going topic. on right yeah so i think you know you you guys just need to come back and we lay over in Britney's world of chaos. You know, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. When I have y'all back again, we're going to take into the way our other topics seem to go on here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do some Cardi B and Offset. You know, we're going to do some Real Housewives. We're going to do that. We're going to get into those topics. I got all kind of, look, I can can roll with you on Real Housewives now. I can break that all the way down. And I can roll with you on a Cardi B. See, there you go. See? So so that's that's our promise. Before 2020, we will have another episode but this episode we will do strictly pop culture and we will we will whatever's going on that is what we will get into that day ladies all right and i bet i can bring my barbershop combo then (laughs) the dj can podcast man i love y'all man talk soon hey week was pure insanity we had an election many votes many protests all that stuff and i will say that's what makes america unique is that we are allowed to vote for who we want and then we're allowed to bitch about it if we voted um but this week moving on is veterans day week that's what i like to call it and so i have to have this girl on she is a badass of all badassery. It is Erica Webster of Dub Fitness clapping. Okay, before we begin, you know what you're named in my phone, right? There's a one word thing. Do you know what it is? It's Guantanamo. It says Guantanamo. <laughs> um, 
I want everyone to know if you have not checked her out on social media, I'm going to give you all that stuff. I call her Guantanamo, AKA the army Barbie, because she's the most good looking veteran I've ever seen. First of all, thank you for your service. And that's no bullshit. Thank you for serving this country, Erica. Thank you for your unwavering support. I mean, it's been years now and you don't, it just elevates. Your support just elevates and I love it. 